0: This is with Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Reverend Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear friends of Christ, in our world today, there seems to be a lot of confusion about the topic of today's gospel lesson freedom. Versus slavery. We live in the United States of America. The land of the free. What we take that to mean is that in freedom we can do whatever we want. Whenever we want. There are in fact people who do terrible acts of sin in the name of freedom. I'm free so I can choose my identity. I'm free so I can be addicted to this or to that. I'm free so I can be my own God. This is not freedom at all, but instead it's slavery. slavery. To sin. If you want to be free, Jesus teaches us how in our gospel lesson for today. He teaches us about true freedom, Christian freedom freedom from sin, freedom from death, freedom from Satan and his minions. To teach us about this freedom, Jesus speaks. He speaks his word. And in the words that he says, there are two parallel statements that he makes about freedom. It sounds like this. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's the first statement. And The second is this. If the Son sets you free, You will be free indeed. Now, both of these statements are conditional sentences. That means they use the word if. We use these sorts of sentences all the time. For example, if I go to work, then I get paid. If I don't pay my taxes, then I get fined, and perhaps even worse. If I turn the switch, then the light turns on. If the action is done, then there's a result. But conditional statements are not always carried out. If I don't flip the switch, the light stays off. If I don't go to work, I don't get paid. Everything hinges on if the if is fulfilled. Jesus uses these two conditional sentences to talk about Christian faith and freedom. He says, If you abide in my word, then you are my disciples. With this sentence, Christ is teaching us what it is that makes us Christian his holy word. And it's not just a one and done thing, he says we must abide in his word. It's Christ's word that makes us Christian, and the word abide is important. It doesn't mean that we occasionally hear God's word. It doesn't mean that we read through it one time and then never again. Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you will be my disciple. That means you must keep being in the word. For example, I have been to Washington, D.C., but I don't abide there. I abide here in Lincoln. You could also say, remain in God's word. Christians remain constantly in God's word. Christians love God's word. Christians are always in God's Word. And yet, this is a great challenge for us as sinners. Because our sinful nature quickly grows weary of God's Word. Sin, Satan, and the world have shortened our attention spans, training us not to focus on things that take longer than four or five minutes. The world has changed our attention span, preventing us from paying attention to things that are not flashy and exciting. Satan has changed our attention span and made it much more difficult for us to abide to remain, to constantly be in God's Word. Reading the Scriptures, hearing them preached, often taxes our limited attention spans and concentration. Why is that? Because our sinful flesh is still a slave to sin. Sin obscures God's word. Satan does not want us to abide in that word. But in Christ's word, the Holy Spirit is at work, even in the small parts of it, calling, gathering, enlightening, and sanctifying us in the one true faith. And those who abide in that word abide in the Holy Spirit, and thereby are constantly being redirected towards faith in Jesus Christ. That's the reason that we have worship here every week, twice a week. That's the reason that we gather here on Reformation Day, so that we as Christians may abide in God's Word. And being here in God's Word... We are truly disciples. If you abide in my word, Jesus says, and we are, then you are truly my disciples. And so, here we are, gathered together as the body of Christ, singing the word as it is in the liturgy and the hymns of the church, hearing it read from the lectern and preached from the pulpit. We abide in this word. And God, through his grace, uses that word to make us disciples by his grace and mercy. The word that we abide in brings us Jesus, the crucified one. And because it brings us Jesus, it brings us freedom. Freedom to be Christians. Freedom to do what is right. Freedom to be loved by God. Freedom to love the people around us. Freedom to keep abiding in the word. Our freedom is found in nothing else except for in Jesus. Because it's only when we're free in Jesus that we are free indeed. As I talked about in the beginning of this sermon, our sinful nature doesn't like this idea. Our sinful nature thinks that it's the one that has true freedom. Our sinful nature thinks freedom can be found in this world by what we do. And thereby our sinful nature is constantly seeking to justify itself. To find some little caveat upon which we can attempt to stake our salvation and our identity in this world. We see this in our gospel lesson. Jesus tells the Jews who had believed in him to abide in the word, to abide in Christ, and thus to be free. Immediately the Jews say, hey, we're children of Abraham. Hey, we've never been enslaved to anyone. Hey, we're free now already because of who we are, who we identify as. It's an attempt to justify themselves, to find salvation outside of Christ, to claim salvation because of their heritage, their identity, their sinful nature, and thus their claim of freedom actually rooted in slavery to sin. We do the same thing. It works like this. Rather than saying we're free because we're children of Abraham, we say, well, heck, I was baptized and confirmed Thereby, I'm saved even if I never come back into church, even if I abide apart from the word. Hey, my name is written in the church record book. So even if I don't give a hoot about Jesus or church or fellow Christians, I'm good to go. My parents were Lutheran. My grandparents were Lutheran? My great-great-grandparents were Lutheran? Doesn't that count for my salvation? I don't believe in Jesus. Not really. But just in case he is God, I'll leave a large inheritance to the church to hedge my bets to cover myself in case I'm wrong. When we speak this way, and we all do, we're actually clinging to the slavery to sin. We're actually loving our sin and our identity more than we love Christ, Do not be deceived. Your heritage, your inheritance, will not save you. You will not be free merely because your parents or grandparents were free. But... If you abide in Christ's word, then the Son will set you free. Then you will be free indeed. After saying, hey, we're children of Abraham, we've never been enslaved, they go on. And Jesus addresses that phrase, we've never been enslaved to anyone, Besides this being a history-denying lie, it is also untrue in principle. As Scripture teaches, all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And as Christ himself says in our pericope, anyone who has sinned is a slave to sin. But the Jews don't want to admit that fact. Neither do we. When a sin that we struggle with is mentioned in a sermon, how do we act? We set our face like granite so that no one will know that we struggle with this sin. We also look around the room To see who else is here that needs to hear that. Because we're looking for someone who sins worse than we do. And if we're not as bad as them, then surely we're in good with God. We who are enslaved to sin cannot help but self-justify by comparing ourselves with others. All of us do that because all of us have sinned, and none of us like our sin. At least we don't like people knowing about it. What's more, our crazy world has begun to deny that there's sin at all. It's begun to say there's nothing wrong as long as you're true to yourself. And what does that mean except being a slave to yourself and to your sinful nature? The world has begun to say there's nothing imaginable let alone done that could possibly violate God's gift of marriage as laid out in the Sixth Commandment. Divorce, no big deal. Homosexual marriage, no big deal. Changing genders, no big deal. But in all of this, supposedly done in the name of freedom, slavery to sin is seen clearly. We're slaves to addictions, to drugs, to alcohol, to pictures on our screens, to electronics that we can't let out of our hands. Television that fills the majority of our days. And we say we're free to use all of these things, aren't we? And surely we are. But when they become our God, it shows our slavery to sin. We could go on and talk about more topics, dear friends, for the list is truly long. So hear the word of Jesus. Abide in the word of Jesus. Repent. Repent. Of your sin. Repent of justifying yourself. Repent of denying your sinful nature. Repent of disobeying God's word. Repent of loving yourself and your sin more than God. Repent and be free Truly free. How are you made free? Through the word of Christ. If the Son sets you free, then you will be free indeed. This happens through God's word, abiding in God's word, being in God's word, studying God's word, hearing God's word, singing God's word. God's word teaches us about Christ, and in Christ we are free indeed. In God's word we learn that nothing we do will actually save us. Only God can. In God's word, we know the truth that we are slaves to sin, but that Christ has rescued us from that slavery by his death and resurrection. In God's word, knowing the truth, we will finally truly be free. Free to be God's children. Free to love as he loved us by sacrificing himself, all of himself, completely and totally Selflessly. In God's word. We're free to love our neighbors. To serve them the same way that Christ served us. In God's word. We are truly free. Because in God's word. The blood of Jesus washes our sins away. In God's Word, the Holy Spirit calls us to be Christians. And in God's Word, we receive eternal life. Dear Christians, this is what Reformation Day is all about. Being free in God's word. Letting God's word have its way with you. If you abide in that word, you are truly Christ's disciples. And so you are. If you abide in God's word, you'll know the truth, and so you do. And that truth will set you free. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. In the name of Jesus, amen. This has been With Intrepid Hearts, sermons by Pastor Adam Olin. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord, where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.